Now in its third year, it's a yank on the footy with Craig Wessels talking about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Sit back and enjoy, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 131 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels coming to you from Sandusky, Ohio, and I am ecstatic that you're listening. This episode is the first of my 2022 AFL preview episodes. We're going to be chatting with Aussie Chris Freeman, formerly of the Vancouver, B.C., Canada area, where he was involved with footy for many, many years in Canada. And we're going to talk about his beloved Collingwood Magpies in this episode. Don't forget that you can find everything related to the podcast at my website, yankonthefooty.com. I do hope that you'll consider checking it out. You could leave me a voicemail there sharing your views on an issue from a previous episode. Or if you have a question that you'd like me to answer, and you can also get on my mailing list there as well. And I hope that you'll do that because when you sign up for the mailing list, new episodes will be in your inbox several hours before they show up on any of the podcast hosting sites. Now, if you'd like to help out the show, you can visit my Buy Me a Coffee page also on my website in the bottom left-hand corner. And if you're interested in checking out any of my podcast gear, you can also head over to my Redbubble page. I do hope that you enjoy my chat with Chris Freeman as we dive into the 2022 Collingwood Magpies. My guest this episode is a former coach and player of a couple different clubs in the Vancouver, British Columbia area and still plays in the over 35 leagues back in his hometown of Melbourne. He's joining me from Vancouver this evening and uh, looking to uh, get on a plane in the not too distant future. Uh, I would like to welcome Chris Freeman to the podcast. Chris, thanks for taking time out of your Tuesday evening to sit down with me, sir. Not a problem, mate. Looking forward to it. Yes, you, uh, your name was passed along to me by Mick Aussie, Kim, you know, one of the most uh, unique people I have talked to, just absolutely passionate about the things that he does. Uh, just, you know, it's just a yeah, great guy, great guy. He definitely is passionate, but besides all that passion and um, craziness, Mick can actually play football as well. Mm -hmm. He was a very talented footballer. Yes. So don't let don't let him fool you by the corks on his hat or anything <laughs> like that. Actual guy could really, the actual guy could really play a really good brand of football, and he's very fair, and he played at a high high level in Australia. So yeah, yeah he's very he, good. He played on a club in the Adelaide area, if I'm not mistaken, if I remember correctly. We actually played. He, he actually played in the SA NFL. I don't mm -hmm. know if he told you that. Yeah, but, yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah, he was a good footballer. Yeah, that is, and it's, uh, yeah, and just he's just a really good guy too. Because I trade, I trade messages with him all the time, yeah, and yeah, I'm, I'm so glad that we were able to connect. So, so you are you're somebody who played the game growing up in Australia, and you're you're originally from the the Melbourne area. Yeah, I'm about thirty minutes thirty minutes out of Melbourne originally, and I started. playing playing at the age of eight years old and then um and I kept playing through to senior football and then I was traveled a bit around the world and I met my wife and then uh, that's how I got to Vancouver but yeah played all since under 10s all the way through till senior football till I uh, came here and then yeah the rest is still playing at 40 at 46. So your your wife is Canadian now did 
did did you did the two of you meet in Vancouver or did you meet elsewhere and then you ended up going to Vancouver? I met I met her here on a when I was doing a twelve month working visa, so I met her with about four months to go. So okay, okay, and you decided yeah. now I want to stay. Right, that was. Well, that I went was... back to I went back I went back home and she came back and then. Um, and then uh, she watched me play football and then she was desperate to get home at that stage. So I followed back. I was hoping there was football here and I didn't even know. And she she said, guess what? I found a football club that you'll be able to have a kick still. So I went down there. There was may have only been a dozen people at training, but it was mm -hmm. still something, you know, it brings you, makes you feel like you're at home again. So yeah, that was, that was a, would have been hard for me not to play football living here. That's for sure. So, so she, she she came she she went back with you to australia and then you came back to vancouver a she while did. a while later so that uh, can i ask uh how tough it was to convince her parents for that to happen yeah that yeah that it was a tough one you you, you hit the nail on the top and it was it's tough and i think it's still tough so yeah i i but, can only i can imagine yeah because yeah, she's a pretty big family orientated person too. Right. So mm -hmm. it, it wasn't an easy decision, but I, I owe her that she's done the right thing by me and she's come all the way there and stuff like that. And, and I, my passion is football at home. I know 24 seven football. So she sees that. So, okay. And, and it's, yeah, I guess I'm lucky. So she's, you know, she, she, you know, she came with you to Australia. Now, how long was she there before you moved back to Vancouver? Oh, 12 months. Okay. Okay. So she got a good experience of what, what Melbourne was oh, like. She, I, I was playing country football real deep into the country. So she got a good, good experience about it. So she knew exactly what happens in uh, country football. It's completely different from anywhere I think she's ever been. So, well, yeah, because if she, if she's from the Vancouver area, she's from one of the most metropolitan cities in Man. North America. And you, and you took her you you took her out in the so she must really really like you for that to have happened that's a that. uh well she was a she was a much traveled woman so she went around he went rent went around the world a bit so mm -hmm. but never had been to never been to australia so and um I mean, she's living there now for the last 10 years so and okay been, and it's been you know what the last couple of years are like traveling oh, so right right just to get a just to get her home i think you know, giving her a bit more energy for when we get back. So that's fantastic. Yeah. Cause it, it's been rough, yeah. you know, because you, you basically, you were, you know, you were, you were locked down for basically the last two years. So getting, you know, getting out and about was not an easy thing to do, you know, especially if something nah, was hardest, hardest lockdown in the world. Yeah. It's being told. Yeah. yeah. Especially, especially if something was 5.1 kilometers away. I mean, yeah, look, you know, look, well, me... yeah, you know what? And uh, I should say it, but I was very lucky because I worked out of the areas and I could go, I could go as, as far as I needed to, except for when they put the ring of steel up where you couldn't get out of into Victor into metro to the country. So, but everywhere else I did. So well, let me ask you, let me ask you this question. And this is kind of an off the wall question that just popped into my head here. Let's say that you're 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 going shopping and you you head you head to bunny's warehouse which you know yeah. i'm i'm sure is probably similar to like a home it's like a home depot it's it's a huge it's a huge 
facility. Yeah. And, and the entrance is 4,950 meters away from your house. But the stuff that you want to buy yeah. is 5,010 yeah. meters away. I mean, do, do you have to have somebody go get it for you or something? Or how did that work? Uh, um, <laughs> it's funny because my daughter looks always looked on her mobile phone for the uh, the 5K radius. But yeah. that, in the end, stuff like that, I just said, don't worry about it. So stuff like that. But she, my kids weren't even allowed her in Bunnings. At, that, at one stage, you could only... It could only be tradesmen like me, or or um, people with a Bunnings uh, card, and she didn't have one. My daughter, right, so she right. couldn't go into Bunnings. Wow, so. I mean, and, and that's, it, and that had you know, and, and I've not, I've not spoken to anybody that has had kids that have gone through that hard lockdown, but that had to be extraordinarily difficult on them as well. You know, just you know, not being, you know, not having been in school not being able to, you know, interact with their, with their friends, you know, face-to-face, -face. that had to be a difficult process for them. Super hard, mate. Like, especially my oldest daughter, she found it the hardest. Uh, homeschooling wasn't the best for her. Um, she was not doing her work and stuff like that. Uh, and the youngest one got away with it because she's pretty bright and stuff like that. But the other, my younger, my oldest ones are harder work, just has to work harder to get the results. And, yeah, she was refusing to do work because no one was there to be able to help her like a teacher interacts with you. And um, yeah, it's a struggle. And I can sort of see the light now, but she she did it tough for a while, my oldest one. So, and I can imagine a lot of kids did. And yeah, but you can lock people down. But I think the mental health issues were crazy in Australia and, and they still are. So. And I, yeah. And I think that's going to take, I think that's going to take a while for people to, to, I guess recover is the right word to get to to get past what has transpired here over the last couple of years. You know, we were, you know, this, you know, many of the schools were in the area where I teach, you know, the kids were home, they did the remote schooling stuff, but we, we, you know, we were in school every yeah. day and we, we were, you know, the kids and the staff were in masks, but we were in school all last year, you know, so at least they, they, yeah. they got the, the ability to be face to face with their friends and be in the same room with them. And, you know, we had COVID cases yeah. that happened, but it's, you know, it's just, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's not necessarily something that you can avoid. You know, it's going to, it's going yeah. to happen from here, you know, from time to time. Yeah, hundred percent. It was, yeah. uh, it was, it was a tough time. Like, and I, I hope we never have to go through that again in our lifetime anyways. So. Yeah. Knock on wood. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so you, you, you make the trip back to, to British Columbia, to the Vancouver area. Now you're you're back there working again. I'm I'm assuming you've yep. gone back to you've got a job and you've uh, you you've gone back you've, as you've, gone back as engaged. Okay, and your what your wife so, found a you know, your wife or your fiance found a club for you to play with. She did. She just looked, she just googled up googled Aussie Rules football mm -hmm. and found it, which to my delight, I think I jumped off a plane on the Tuesday and went to training on the Wednesday night. So, so take us through, you know, you said that there were about a dozen people there at the first training that you went to. Can, mm. can you kind of, can you kind of talk us through what went on in terms of the, you know, the, the growth of the club and how you got it to, you know, how the club became one that was able to go play at nationals and, you know, that the international tournaments and that sort of thing that we'll talk about here in a bit. Can you kind of trace that history for us a little bit? Yeah, it's like when I remember when I got there, there was probably 
six expat Aussies and maybe six Canadians. And I, I wasn't, I was just one of the guys at that stage, but I just, I had to put my hand forward to make it grow a little bit more. I think the more people you get involved, the, the more you're going to get involved. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to be one that stood on the sidelines. I wanted to be one that just got in there and helped it out because I knew I was here for a while and um, I just wanted to see the growth because I was honestly, I got sick of just going down and playing against one side all the time. It's, it's just, you know who you're playing. I get you get to play a game of football, but you want it to be, you want the competition to expand. So what I did, we just started promoting it around the local area, got on TV, got on the radio, got around everywhere and started. And yeah, as I said, the teams were just getting bigger and bigger. And then um, once you have 30 on the list, they we decided once you have 30, we're going to expand to another team. And, and, I think there's five still floating around in there now, which when I left there was five. So hopefully eventually they get more. But, um, yeah, it, just, it was word of mouth in the end. And obviously when you get a lot of Australians come through because of the ski season and then they fall in the summer time and then you play footy in the summer, that's how it made it big. And, yeah, you just, just had to keep pumping it out there and getting people involved. So, Okay, so you, uh, you know, you, you had, you know, some success at, you know, with this club, you know, once it got better and you grew the, you know, you grew the, the player base there, you had some success where you got the chance to go ahead and, uh, and play in uh, a pretty significant tournament, if I'm not mistaken. And I'm just looking at my notes here real quickly that I, and I jotted it down here. Um, You got to go play in Vegas, if I'm not mistaken, in the, uh, the national tournament there. And I, and I, I heard that, uh, you know, from a very reliable source who we mentioned earlier, that um, mm. that as a Magpie supporter, you were kind of like a kid in a candy store at that uh, tournament. Well, I was, but he was worse. So don't always listen to him. He was worse. He had the camera going everywhere. Yeah. Bumped into four Magpies, which mm-hmm. we were sitting out the front of a nightclub. And he, I just went and spoke to uh, Buckley. Nathan Buckley and I had a chat with him and he goes what are you doing here I said I'm playing football I'm actually the coach of this team that we brought down and he just turned around and he goes how can you coach your team down here mate you must be crazy this place doesn't this place doesn't stop and I said I've already lost two guys I haven't, they haven't come back to their room yet so <laughs> and um they didn't. We didn't. We didn't see them. One only played one game out of three games. So there wow. you go. The other one we didn't see for the whole trip. Um, but then Mick, Mick wanted to put the camera out and asked if he could do an interview. And it, it, at that stage, it wasn't. It was. It was eleven o'clock at night on a mm-hmm. Friday night. I'd, and they're not there to do interviews. They're to have. They're there to relax. So I right, said, it's, right. just have a just have a beer and have a chat with him. And you know what? All the rumors that you heard when he was younger that he was, you know, he thought he was the top top shit and stuff like that he was one of the nicest guys gave me the time gave Mick the time and ever since that day my my um opinion of him completely changed and you should as they say you should never judge a book by its cover until that day I think he's the greatest guy going around so Nathan Buckley that is not Mick but anyway um (laughs) yeah yeah so 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 was 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 Buckley the, the senior coach at this point in time uh, Buckley was a player. This oh, was he, oh, he 2000, was still playing when you did this. This was okay. in 2006 in Vegas. And okay. Buckley must have just been nearly at his retirement. So, 
Okay. So yeah. And we're, we're going to, we're going to talk about, you know, where he, where he is or is not right now and get your thoughts on that here in a little bit as well as a, as a magpie supporter. Um, So you, you've, uh, you know, you've lived in a number of different places around the, around the world, you know, did you, did you enjoy your time that you, while you were in Vancouver? I mean, did, was it something that, you know, if, if the situation was okay, we're going to live here for the rest of our days, would that have been something you would have been content with? Um, I would have struggled. Okay. Okay. Yeah. My heart is I'm full, full hundred percent Australian and everything they do. I love. And this just, yeah, going home on a Friday after work, grabbing a six pack of beer and watching the footy on TV Mm -hmm. is what I call a good night. Um, Bringing my mates over on the Saturday night, watching the, watching the game is what I do. Going to footy trips in Australia, getting involved. It, it's just where footy is. So, and yeah, like everyone's like, oh, you must've wanted to get back for the family, but I did. And I wanted to see mum and dad and brothers and whatever, Mm -hmm. but, when you got football in your mind and it's always constantly football. So I don't know, maybe it's, it was selfish, but yeah, it was always thinking of getting back. So, but you, you, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing that you kind of have a, uh, maybe I don't think it's a written agreement, but an, un, an unwritten agreement that, you know, it, when COVID is not going on, you're going to be going back to Vancouver on a regular basis for visits. I mean, that's, that's something that's going to be happening. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. So, but definitely, definitely she will be 100% and the kids. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I only get four weeks off a year, mate. So, I'm going to okay. use them wisely. Figure, you got to figure, okay, yeah. figure out where they are. Okay, that makes sense. Now, I, I've, got an ex, now I've got, my, I've extended my four weeks now by a week and a half. So, well, well, COVID did that. You didn't do that. It just, it just happened. No, nah, that's right. Yeah. yeah so, that's exactly right. You, but you people can't. still in Australia want jobs to get done. Well, that's true. That's true. And you said you work in the trades, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a carpenter and a plaster and a drywaller, as you call it. Okay. Okay. And so, mm-hmm. is there was there a a kind of a downturn in that while COVID was going on? Was that was something was construction? Oh, so it was it was still construction boom because the like the the uh, the local government, Victoria, mm-hmm. he's all about he's all about building and construction. So he never let the construction trade die. So I was always busy. So okay, yeah, it, I was still work, believe it or not, I was still working six days a week. Wow, wow, so that's not a that's not a bad thing then. But you know, you uh... no, nah, it's not a bad thing. Not when you get more money in your pocket and your wife's happy. So those are both those are both things that uh, that are did you really want to have happen on, on a regular basis? Yeah. So, um, you know, you, you lived in Vancouver for a number of years and I wanted to ask you this as an Australian, what, what do you think we could do? What do you think we could do here in North America? You know, you know, the game is being, you know, you've got 50 plus clubs playing in the USAFL. You've got, you know, dozens of clubs playing in Canada. But in terms of, of just average sports fans, what, what do you think we could do to 
get this game marketed better to fans because you know you would think that you know fans of the nfl of the cfl of college football here in the states that this would be a game that that if they saw it they would go holy mackerel this is fantastic how do, how do yeah, we do that um, i think i think usafl and afl need to come oh, it's a hard one but you've got so many good athletes especially when a massive country like america um, I just think you need it needs to be promoted more and more, and I, I I don't know what the answer complete answer is to it. I just I think people need to see, and when people need when people see what kind of game it is and understanding how it's played, like you, like you, you never knew about it till what you were saying six years ago, right? Is right. that right? Yeah. And you just can't miss a game now, can you? No, no, I can't. So and- look it. I just think about it now and it gives me goosebumps about football. So um, I don't know. I just, they, they don't understand the rules, but once they start understanding it and getting involved, oh. it's truly the greatest game in the world. So yeah. I, yeah. If, if you look at my website, that's, that's exactly what it says on there. And, and real quickly, I do want to go back there when you said that people don't understand the rules. Let's be honest. There are, there are about a half dozen people, in really high yellow socks running yeah. around the grounds that don't always understand the rules either. Uh, yeah, correct. So, yeah, but, but and, we need them though, don't we? No, yes, we do. Yes, we do. So, and, and yeah, you know, cause I, I, you know, I've made the argument, you know, that, yeah, you've got, uh, you know, you've got the NBA and the NFL are both pretty big games in Australia. And, you know, it's, and, you know, cause I see a lot of people online talking about those, those two sports right there, but, but the reciprocal, you know, this, this game that, that encompasses so many different, different sports, you know, cause it, and I, I talk it about, I talk about it as kind of as being a combination of a number of different things, you know, even if, even if the AFL was able to, to harness just 1% of the of the u.s population and you know and one percent of the canadian population that's over 10 percent of the australian population 100 percent. yeah it's it's yeah a great you know and and maybe maybe once covid finally winds down and we can you know throw it on the ash heap of history and 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 move forward and the aflw has begun to to grow and the men's comp is is still going strong maybe they realize that they need to to try to 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 get the game in front of people's eyes here because you know the 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 Fox Sports channels here there's Fox Sports 1 and Fox Sports 2 they'll during the the men's season they will air usually three or four games a week and they're and they're yep. on live so you know it's the middle of the night in most cases but they do not market them at all there's no there's no advertising saying, you know, during a, a, an earlier broadcast that, Hey, make sure you, you know, set your DVR to watch, uh, you know, Collingwood and Richmond at, you know, coming on at 3 AM on FS2, you know, hit your DVR yes. button and, and record. that doesn't exist. Yeah. And it just, it's, it's so frustrating because, you know, I, I teach high school age students and, you know, I've got, I've got cat stuff all over my, cl- my classroom. I have, and I've got actually a lot more on order right now. I have a huge drafting table for my desk, a huge wooden drafting table that's probably 75 years old. 
and I have I have begun to cover that with footy related stickers where I've got you know probably 50 different ones on there right now and you know in the mornings I'll have a game on even if it's an old game I'll have a game on the TV as the kids come in in the morning and some of the kids have really gotten interested in it in fact the awesome. principal yeah the principal at my school is now an Essendon supporter um he's become a bomber's fan yeah uh but it's just they don't do a good job of selling the game here and i and i i wish they could i wish they could figure out a way to do that yeah yeah i'm here i look yeah i i don't know the best way um but yeah i'd love to see him promoted a lot better that's for sure now if if gil mclaughlin gets on the phone with you tomorrow and says hey you know you're you're stuck in vancouver for a few more days but i've got i've got a little project for you i'm going to give you the opportunity to change one rule amend a rule add a rule take a rule away from the comp what are you doing oh there's a few rules that i'd probably like to uh i think they're I think they're red hot on holding the ball. So once someone gets the ball, you've got to get rid of it straight away. It's, it's too, it's, it's, it's too hard to, um, umpires are going to be always, umpires aren't going to be the same because they're not robots. Right. So, and then one decision goes in one gut, one, one team and the other decision goes in the other team, but two different umpires make the calls and, and they're pretty similar, but Mm -hmm. one umpire, thinks of it the other way and the other one thinks of it the other way. I think the holding the ball, I think they've got to ease up on it a little bit because the game's so fast. They just mm-hmm. it's like a hot potato. That ball's like a hot potato. Um that's probably the biggest one. There's a couple of little ones, but yeah, that'd be my main one at the moment. Just okay. ease on that holding the ball decision. Okay. Now you know I I was looking at a couple of pictures over on your uh social media and you are yep. you know you're you're coaching your daughter's club in in australia right now and uh is that the most rewarding coaching job that you have had that's probably to be honest this is the most rewarding thing i've ever got out of football in 35 years to i've coached senior men i've coached canadian men i've coached super rules football masters football as they call it but when when a girl said when I was just the I was just the runner for my daughter's team two years ago, and this girl she would always she was just a young girl coaching. She was only eight or not eighteen or nineteen, and she said, "Next year you should coach Chris." And I said, "Oh, okay. I don't have the time. I don't want to deal. I don't want to deal with parents. That my daughter should be there. You should be playing my daughter here." Um, but to get involved was by far the most rewarding and best thing I've ever done. And not just to watch my own daughters play, mm-hmm. but to be able to help kids, to be able to give something back to kids, especially girls that have been shunned away from footy and never had the opportunity like the boys, just to give them my, my knowledge, my experience, and just to be able to help them out as beyond anything has been the best thing I've ever done. That's fantastic. That's that's great to hear. It's, uh, you know, I... Now, I, I Sorry, okay. sorry. I have one. I have one girl, kind of named the captain. Now she's she loves football, everything about it. She's worked hard, 
I've actually t- off the side of taking a four or five girls training on different days, extra training sessions just to get her back, mm-hmm. get them better. She's um, she's been training with the Western Jets, which is in the NAB League, which is the under eighteen competition. Mm-hmm. She's just been picked for the first game to go down to Tasmania and play against their side, Tasmanian Devils, in the under eighteen competition. So she wow. actually rang me today, rang me today to tell me. So I was like over the moon, like I couldn't That's be more fantastic. happy. That's fantastic. Yeah. That's uh, and and it's as you said, you know, you, you when you're when you're coaching the the club in Vancouver, it's you know, it's it's a bunch of guys that once it's done, they might go to the they might go to the pub and have a beer, but after that, everybody kind of like a like a dried up dandelion. You you blow it, and all the little things blow in different directions. But yeah, that that, that group of, of of young women that you're coaching, that's you know. You know that's a, that's a cohesive group that is you know they're going to be still doing things together. They're involved, you know, they're involved with one another, and they're growing together. So that the fact that you're doing that is fantastic. So, how how have the parents been? Most of them, I would say, seventy percent of them good, but there's just thirty percent of the parents that are just they know better, and um, and my kid should be here, and you should be playing my kid there, um, and. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, I'll tell you another story, a little one. Funny thing is, when I play footy, I play hard, and I'm, and once I'm on the footy field, once I'm off, that's fine. But once I'm on, I play pretty solid footy, mm-hmm. and um, I don't mind a chit chat out on the football field and stuff like that. But to coach these kids, I'm the complete opposite. I'm calm, relaxed. A lot of parents have said you've got to yell at the kids. That's not my nature to kids, especially to under 16 girls who you don't want to lose the kids to football. You want to get them, get the most out of them and treat them just like you want them to play to love the game. Do you know what I mean? So right, right. Uh, I try to be as calm. I'm, I don't want to overdo it with the kids. And I just, I just need to see them back there next week. But yeah, some of the parents, you just got to thinking screaming like it was 30, 20 years ago is going to, mm-hmm make him a better footballer well it's not right their, their heart's got to tell them it's going to make him a better football not screaming at the kids do you know what i mean so yeah i don't know it's um yeah some of them work some of them i'm just going through my mind some of the parents they just scream on the sidelines and carry on like you wouldn't believe but yeah it's, no one. It, you know i you know i coached my you know another teacher of, of that actually teaches across the hall for me and i and i you know, we coached our sons together through, you know, several years, uh, you know, many years of travel baseball from, you know, the time they were about 10 until they were 15 or 16. And, you know, once they got to high school, you know, I, I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't involved in coaching the the school team. So I just, you know, I, I just would go see, I, I don't I don't know how much you know about baseball, um, but uh, a little bit, but not a great team. Yeah. Okay. But you know, the, I would go sit out behind the outfield fence down the, the first baseline. I'd, I'd sit all the way down there away from all the other parents and just watch the game. I wouldn't, you know, I didn't, uh, you know, I'm because like you said, you want the kids to be, you want the kids to have some success. You want them to, to, to love what they're doing. Yeah. You know, because, you know, I don't know if they're, you know, you know, once they get to be playing 16, you they're they're I think a lot of them are there because they want to be there at that point in time. It's not because the parent is pressuring them to be there. I would imagine. hundred percent. Okay. So yep. that's, so how choked up uh, did you get the first time you saw that Google commercial? 
the Google commercial. Have you not? Have you not seen the one that the the gentleman who uh, I believe is a single parent? Ah, with, yes. yes, yes, yes. With yeah, yep, yep. Yes, I do. Sorry, I. Yeah, that, you know what? Okay. I, I think it's one of the best ads they've ever brought out. Yeah, it's that's that's just. I mean, I get I get a little misty watching that yeah. one. I'm just thinking, you know, it's it, it's just a you know, and I'm not necessarily a huge Google fan overall but uh you know i i guess it's a great advertisement for themselves uh you know what i i said i sat down with my mate one day i said this is one of the best ads i've seen yeah and um yeah he agrees with me it's a great ad so yeah i was you just lost me from google i i'm thinking what's and then i realized yeah great ad <laughs> and you know you know what you gotta if they want the grain to grow even bigger in australia girls are the way to do it as well there's they're half the population right Right. Yeah. Now get them involved. And, and you, you being somebody who's involved in coaching, let me, let me ask you this has, has the involvement in girls and women's footy, has that come at the expense of soccer and netball and other women's sports? Has it, has it, has it taken athletes away from those other games? I think it has. It took my daughter away, so she was a netballer, and it took her to football. Okay. So, only because I think my youngest daughter sees me so heavily involved in football that she followed that path. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's taken a lot of them. Like, and you know what, Aussie rules football. It's like I watch here in North America. If you want to play hockey here, it's so expensive. Mm-hmm. Like you're looking at thousands of dollars, and then you got to get up early for ice time and i was talking to a few of the parents here and it's just crazy but there it's 300 dollars is your membership play all year and you get coaches that'll train you all year do you know what i mean so right, right. i don't get i don't I, I don't ask i would never ask for money to coach junior football but mm-hmm. it's i get the enjoyment out of it so there's a difference but yeah it must be so i don't even the price here is ridiculous so but yeah okay so i I wanted to kind of transition a little bit here and uh, and uh, talk about your beloved magpies, okay? Because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to be go. doing some. I'm going to be doing some uh, some preview episodes uh, of each of the clubs. Hopefully, each of the clubs this year. And yeah. so, you know, we'll be uh, we're gonna we're gonna do our, our our magpies preview. And I may end up talking to somebody else that's a magpie supporter as well. So, what? Does your your support of the Magpies does that go back beyond you in your family tree? Is that something that parents, grandparents were Magpie supporters as well? Yeah, my grandparents on my dad's side are um, Magpies through and through. My mother's side were Essendon, and my grandfather's dad on the Essendon side was the president of Essendon Football Club at one stage. Wow. A long, long time ago, mate, I'm thinking. I, I don't have much to do with Essendon, so, but my mum talks about it all the time. Um, but as soon as I was born, I had no choice. Mm-hmm. So then, then I think one day my brother, who's a bit older than me, had a, had a disagreement with my dad and he switched from Collingwood and he was mad Collingwood. My brother oh. was mad Collingwood. He switched to St Kilda because he felt sorry for the team that was losing all the time. Huh. So my brother went to St Kilda, but I never had a choice. My old man, my dad wouldn't let me do that. He would have just said, nah, that's it. And my daughters don't have a choice, mate. So 
I was I was going to ask you that. Did they, you know, did they become Magpie supporters or did they rebel against you and, and choose their but, own club? Okay. That's no, they'll never rebel. They know where the door oh. is if they rebel. <laughs> well, actually, funny story. My my youngest daughter her, had her friends over and they were saying something bad about Collingwood. So she shut the sliding door and locked them and wouldn't let them in the house again because they were bag mouthing Collingwood. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, my oh. youngest one is my youngest one's super passionate. She goes to the footy and if they're losing, mm-hmm. those tears just stream off her hair. Yeah, she off her face. She just like me, we're not good losers when it comes to Collingwood losing. So Yeah, well, and last year, let's you know, let's be honest, it was a, it was a a number of different things led to the events of 2021. Um, you know, you had, you know, you had, you know, Eddie's demise, you know, the, the, the documentation that came out um, right around that same time, you know, that you lost a couple of, you know, pretty good players from your side. Um, and, and, you know, Jaden Stevenson being one and, and Adam Trelor, who, you know, again, I'm, I'm a cat supporter but I'm a huge Adam Trelore fan. Yeah. I, uh, he did an interview a couple of years ago with narrowly meadows that just was one of the most eye-opening interviews about somebody who just opened up about everything that's gone on in their life that I have, that I've ever heard. So yeah. I, I, I wish him nothing but the best in every, everything that he does. He's just, yes, is a top notch young man. Uh, just the Trelaw, the Trelaw one hurt me the most. Yeah. I, Stevenson's got the potential, but I wasn't hurt like the Trelaw one. I could oh, look. You don't want to lose good footballers like Stevenson, but right, right. I think you'll see, and I could be wrong, and I'm never right all the time. I think Stevenson, you'll see that he'll he won't be an elite, but I, again, I could be wrong. I just think Stevenson's got. A, he's one of them footballers that have to get it on the outside. So mm-hmm. if he's not finding the football, if he can't find the football. He may not be a good. He may not be as good as he could be. If that makes a little sense, does yeah. that? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, Trelaw's hungry, hungry for the football and wants it. The other guy we lost to Hawthorne Phillips. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. He wasn't in. I didn't think he was in Collingwood's best twenty-two when Collingwood bring their best twenty-two to the Grange. So the Trelaw one hurt because he was also very passionate about Collingwood. So. Yeah, yeah, and they, that, and I think he was kind of heartbroken when that because it, yeah, it yeah. sounded like the it sounded like the discussion had taken place and it was like no 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 you're not going to be going anywhere and then all of a sudden guess what you're a bulldog now you know yeah. and it just you know they kind of it sounded like they kind of pulled the rug out from underneath him be, because they had gotten themselves into trouble with the salary cap which we talked about a little bit off air before we got going here you know so. when you when you give blokes seven-year contracts mate it's hard right and then you play yeah. blokes getting them back down from brisbane and put them on big money and they can't finish out it they can't can't finish out the year right right your money goes up and then you're paying blokes like jordan Nagoe that comes and runs a muck in the states and well, we're, hopefully we're, that one's all sorted sooner than later so we're, we're going to be t- we're going to talk about uh, young mr Nagoe here in a moment i that yeah. it's a name that i was going to bring up and get your thoughts on him there so you know, they, they finished six and 16 last year and, mm. you know, and there were some games that they were very competitive in that they didn't win. You know, if you, if you go back and you look at the ladder from last year, they actually had a higher percentage than the, the three teams directly above them. I mean, so that, yeah. that, that, that's, that's a positive thing, but you know, this was, this was a club that, that you, 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 I don't know if I would say that Adam Trelaw was the heart and soul of the side, 
but I think that the fact that that he got uh, you know that 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 he was removed from the club, you know, kind of had to shell shock you know even some of the you know the veteran players like you know Pendlebury and 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 Grundy and and you know Taylor Adams and and the guy that I if 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 I was starting a, a team, if I was starting let, let's say I was the, the, the starting the Tasmanian team and we're going to have a uh, an expansion draft. The, the, the guy I would take off the uh, the magpie side, I would take Brody Majacek because t- in my oh, like he, I, I love life. Brody Majacek. He's like a Swiss Army knife. You know he he's not outstanding at anything, but he's really really darn good at just about everything. And he's yeah. you know, he just you know because he, he he plays all over the ground and it's just it's just he's he's a delight to watch because he is he's just I. You plug him in anywhere, and he's going to do a really, really good job for you wherever yeah. it is. He came to Collingwood as a as a backman, and then they've moved him forward. Yeah, so. yeah. So yeah. you know, they they finished six and sixteen. You know, Bucks is gone. So what are your what are your thoughts about them kind of ushering him out the door? Do you think that was the right move? Only time will tell on that one, won't it? Really, but. Um... Oh, hurts me still. So yeah. I think I have so much time for Nathan Buckley. Uh, he's just got a new gig as on radio on SEN as coach talk with, um, I don't know if you know, Tim Watson and Gary Lyon. They have a, oh. they have a radio. So, um, he's now on that. So I'd, I'd be look, I'd be interested to hear how that goes on a Monday mornings now. But uh, yeah. G- Gary, yeah, it's tough. I, I rate him highly. Yeah, Gary, Gary Lyon is the one accent that I still have a, hard time picking up yeah i i I, pretty much anybody else that i hear if i'm listening to on the radio or on television or you know all the other accents i i I don't really even notice it anymore because i you know i've I've been watching so intently but i really have to pay attention to him when he talks because you know his voice is is just a hair different than everybody else's and i I really have to and maybe you've not even noticed that but you know next time you listen to gary lyon go and you know, yeah. maybe you'll I'll go just okay i can see the up, difference growing up listening to him so i can pick it all the time but yeah, yeah i can understand what you're saying for yeah. sure yeah yeah he, he's so yeah tough. this this guy that they've got craig mccray doesn't have the buckley champion qualities of a footballer but mm-hmm. obviously played afl obviously knows what it's all about and he comes with a good you know he comes with some good ideas and stuff like that and what i've seen he's won a few premierships in lower leagues and played under some good good coaches and coached under some good coaches so they've obviously seen something he wouldn't cost a, a, a million dollars to have him and you got to give some guy a chance as well right so. right right so what what are your you know bottom line what are your expectations for this year Arnold's okay do you think do yeah. you think that do you think that's a a possibility this year with you know I do I think you'll see okay. a few sides I few sides slip out. Your side's no guarantee for finals. Yeah, yeah. I, I. Do you hear that? That's a window closing. Uh, <laughs> well, that, they keep premier, topping them up. Well, I just topping up, but. you know, I, I, I. Uh, there's, there's, there are, as far as I know, there are three of us here in the states that do footy related podcasts. Um, there's one gentleman that that. Uh, actually coaches the Des Moines team in the USAFL 
that does a podcast. And then there's yep. a young lady in New York City that does one. And she yep. had a great line. You know, she was actually on the other guy's show. And she she talked about the cats. She said that in her opinion, they were like a Ponzi scheme. That they, you know, that they, you know, that they keep getting money from the investors, the new investors, and they pay off the money to the old investors, that type of thing without actually producing yeah. anything. And I thought, as much as I hate to admit it. That's not a bad way to describe that. And and again, yeah. they, you know, they've 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 made finals, you know, for the last what eleven or twelve years. They've you know they've they, they they've been in the prelims quite a bit. They're crazy. They're they're like one of the most best records in all sports mm -hmm. for that club. So like, you know how successful San Antonio Spurs are, right? Right. Well, they're a lot like San Antonio Spurs. That they're, they're always up there. They never they never drop bottom themselves right out yeah and especially for the last 20 years they've they've probably been they've definitely been the best side in the 20th in the 20 years i, I can remember so Hawthorne and, and brisbane have had their thing but geelong have all won three flags too but have always been up there as well so yeah and it's you know, <laughs> yeah they're they're at the point right you know I, I this may very well be joel selwood's last year um yep. i won't be shocked i mean it, you know and they you know, they, I, you know, I, it, it was a, it was a tough pill to swallow seeing them give up all of that draft capital to bring in Jerry camp, Jeremy Cameron. But I think that that is, you know, if he's healthy, I think that gives them a, you know, a, a distinct advantage in the forward line, you know, having both he and Hawkins there. And, you know, when, when yeah. Tom Hawkins decides to step down, maybe in another year or two, you've yeah. got, you've got somebody ready made in there. But you know yeah. we're not here to we're not here to talk about the cats. We're here to talk about no, your magpies. No. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So what does a successful year? You said you said you're expecting finals. So what does a successful year for the magpies look like for you this year? Well, obviously finals. Mm -hmm. um, I'd like to see Nick Dacos win the uh, the NAB Rising Star. I think I think he's a jet. But I'd like to see some of them. Younger guys that were just, you know, just on the cuff now, just step it up a bit. Like Nick Dacos's brother, Quainar mm -hmm. uh, um, and Quain. Well, Quainar, yeah, he's one I'd like to see just get. Then I'd like the Brown brothers to step up more. Uh, just you want to see that next next uh, generation come through, and I think they've got. They've, if you go through Collingwood's list, we've got which, some which... really good. We've Which got some really good footballers. Like, yeah. you're looking at Maynard, you've got Adams, you've got Grundy, you've got, you've got a good solid back line that mm -hmm. doesn't get beaten too often too many times. But, yeah, I don't think they're far off. It's a strange game, footy, because you'll probably stay ended up second last this year or whatever they ended up, and or third last. Finals, they made finals. I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. So... What are the signs of the the year going off the rails for you? An unsuccessful year. What 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 are you? If that's happening, what do you think you're seeing? Well, I, I think in I think if Mason Cox is playing in the VFL, we're, I think we're going backwards. That's my opinion. I think a guy that big. I'm a big Mason Cox fan. Okay. I watch him. I watched him. Tear Richmond and you, you know what, and um, mm -hmm. it was one of the best days. And 
best days of footy I've had in a long time that day. Back in 2018, I think, right? I think deep, if Collingwood plays him deep forward and gives him that chance to just run at the football, because I'll tell you, he do not miss many goals. Mm-hmm. He actually kicks a beautiful football from about 30 metres out. You can nearly back him every time. A lot of people think he's a, a spud. I don't think so. I think, I think he's really, really good. That's my opinion. So. Okay. And, and supposedly, and, you know, he's, he's had some, you know, because there was an article about him just recently that, you know, he, you know, cause he had some, some vision problems. I know he even poked in the eye yet. I think he had a detached retina that he's actually, mm-hmm. he's trying to get the okay to actually wear glasses during the course of the games this year, <laughs> which, you know, hey, he wants to, I think he wants to emulate James Worthy apparently. So. Well, I mean, and, and that, that style of glasses, you know, the, they're, they're like the sports goggles, that sort of thing. If they're prescription, I, yeah, I don't necessarily see a problem with that. You know, I, I don't I mean, see I, a problem. Saw, if he's going to have, if he's going to damage his eyes, yeah. Well, you want to. It's like wearing a. It's like wearing a um, helmet on your head. You want to protect your head. Why don't you want to protect your eyes? Right. Right. Yeah. So, I, I agree with you there. Yeah. So, um, who are you tipping as the club's best and fairest this year? Just an early prediction there. Well, I'd, I'd like to see Brady Gundy live up to his money. So I reckon he'll be around the money. I reckon Taylor Adams will be around the money because he's always around the ball. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got a lot of time for Braden Maynard because he works hard. But I reckon, I, I think if he can get it all together, this guy might win it. It might be Darcy Moore. Okay, yeah. And, and hopefully they, you know, if he can be injury free, he he is he is the elite centre half back in the league. If they can get him injury free, right, right, yeah, it's uh, but it, there's a lot of ifs, just like any sport, isn't there? And didn't they didn't they actually move him up forward last year for a few rounds? Well, yeah, they tried it, but it didn't work. So yeah, he I was, needs to. Yeah, I I just I I think he's better behind the footy. Yeah, was that. Do you think that was because that happened when Bucks was still there, wasn't it? Didn't and that was a lot of media media put put him up forward. So Bucks eventually did put him up forward, and it didn't work. Oh, why have you got him up there? You know what the media like? It's oh like yeah, every yeah. Year in the world. Oh, you got to put him back. So they put him back, and that's his best position. Now, so. you don't you don't think that that decision, you know, that that was kind of like a final straw decision where he where he decided, well, I'm going to go ahead and put him up forward just to shut you guys up. Was that Ma- was that the thing that kind of you know pushed him out the door? Put, oh, pushed him out the door. I don't know if that was the reason it pushed him out the door, but um, I just liked his. Ex- I like Buck's explanation was just if if, if things are changing around you mm-hmm. and you don't have control of what why they're changing, why why would you want to be that one person that sticks around when all the things that you're building are changing? Okay. That if you're going to build within, you start with the coach and the president, and then you build off. Don't build around him. And he must have known. Buckley must have known the writing was on the wall. Graham Wright must have told him. So yeah, it was a it was sad because the guys Collingwood through and through. He's yeah, been there yeah. since '94. That's a long time. That's you know 26 years at a football right. club. Right. Never left. So yeah. So do you think he'll ever? take another senior coaching position or is he somebody you think gonna... he'll, he'll be he'll be somewhere he's too smart of a football mind okay. to not be anywhere else and uh wherever it is 
It may be in the Gold Coast eventually, depending on how Stuart Jew goes. It could be somewhere. It could be somewhere else. But I think Nathan Buckley in football and coaching is good for football, and he'll probably have more success at another club. There's not as much pressure on him being a Collingwood man, right? Mm-hmm. And just let he's a good he's a good people's person as well. So. All right. Now, you mentioned this. This I, I, I was going to say gentleman, but I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to use a different word. You mentioned this player's name a few minutes ago, Jordan DeGoey. Notice I took the word gentleman off the table there. Uh, are you thumbs up or thumbs down with him being back on the side? I'm thumbs up. Okay. Okay. Because I don't, again, I don't exactly know what happens in the States. Mm -hmm. I just, I don't trust what was going on in New York. I don't believe every story. Now, I don't get it. I don't think he's a good boy, but I don't believe in half the stories that they may have. And I probably was probably pushed to a limit by someone that knew he was, you know, everyone knows someone, right? So someone would have pointed him out. I don't believe everything. And uh, if it was that bad on something like that, I think he'd be still there somehow. So, yeah, maybe it was a. You, uh, maybe, maybe because you blokes, a, you blokes don't muck around when it comes to stuff like that. Well, actually, in New York City, they just, you know, criminal criminal justice has become optional in a lot of cities oh, okay, in this country well, right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't, probably, yeah. I don't know if you, you, you've caught, you know, at this, at this point in time right now, in, you know, in San, you know, in San Francisco, and I think it actually might be throughout the state of California in San Francisco. If you go into a store and you do and you shoplift, if you steal less than $950 worth of merchandise, they won't prosecute you. What? Yeah. Oh, it's they they just they they decriminalize things like that. It, it's uh it and I know I have listeners in San Francisco, but it's it's and I'm I'm I try I try to avoid politics on this, but yeah, they've they've basically said, you know, we're not gonna prosecute things like that. So you've got you know, stores, you know, businesses that have, you know, have closed down because they can't afford to stay open because all of their product is being stolen out of the stores. You know, there's a, uh, that's crazy. There's a, uh, a huge, you know, like, like chemist warehouse. There's a huge, uh, uh, drugstore chain. I think it's a CVS that is in, yeah. that's around the country and CVS, I believe has closed, has shuttered and closed down like a half dozen of their stores in San Francisco because of the, the rampant amount of shoplifting going on yeah. that they just said, you know, we, we, it's not in our interest to keep these stores open anymore. So, not yeah. So it's lose too much money. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to step away from that because I, I could go in a lot of okay. different directions because I, 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 yes. I try to avoid politics in this because I, I have views that I don't tend to share here because I don't want to alienate anybody who's listening to the podcast because that's not what they're here for. They're here to talk about, they're yeah. here to talk about footy. So um, you said the, the hope is for them to play finals. Where do you see them on the ladder this year? You, you see them in the eight. So do you see them? Let, let's, let's say eight. Okay. Okay. Not bad. Yeah. That's, yeah, I think that that would be a, 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 I, I think it would be a huge turnaround for them going from 17th to eighth. That oh. would be a massive jump. But as you yeah. said, they, and it, it happens. It, you know, it's a talented it side. They're not a bad, yeah, they're not a bad team. 
Yeah. I, I, and I'm not being, I'm not putting my Collingwood hat on. They're not a bad team. So. Right, right. If yeah, they can I'd... get it all, to, it's, you can flip football teams around like that mm-hmm. if, if you've got the talent. Now, Gold Coast, they're going to jump. There's, there's going to be some sides that are jump, but not everyone can stay up there. There's going to be sides coming down. So Fremantle have got to improve as well. These sides will always improve, but I think Collingwood have a good enough talented footballers in that team to just maybe get them up there. But we'll, I could be wrong as well. So Yeah, I I, I had I tipped the Fremantle to be in the top eight last year. I had them tipped eighth, and they didn't, they didn't make it. And, of course, this year on the women's side, I tipped them seventh and only the top six make finals in the women's comp. So, and they, and I, I, I believe they listened to that episode because I pissed them off because they've just been going out as I, as I said in an episode, it, it watching them is like, go, it's like going, you know, going dancing through an abattoir. It's, it's like going through a slaughterhouse. They just, just beat the crap out of you. It's, I mean, yeah. it's a really, really good side that just plays, you know, yeah. a really interesting style of footy. So I, I had yeah. a couple of trivia questions about the Magpies here before we wrap up. Okay. And uh, we'll see how you, we'll see how you do on these. Okay. And I, and I went to, and I okay. read, yep. I read all the, uh, the, um, this information here and jotted it all down here. Um, okay. So who kicked the most goals for the pies in 2021? I'm going to say my check. You're right. Yeah. With 34. Yeah. Yep. Okay. He had 34. Yeah. Now. Who was cl- who was second? Oh, you're going to make me go back and look who, that who, up. Who huh? was second? Um, no, nah, you don't have to. You don't have to. I'll, I'll, have to, I'll have to look that up off air here. But uh, which. Probably Jamie Elliott was second. Well, he missed a bunch of games with that sprained ankle, though, last year, though, didn't he? Yeah, so I admit, you know he had a he couple did. of huge yeah. games. He he still might have been second because I know he had a couple massive games last year. Yeah, but he's, he's still, a good footballer too. There's another yeah. one. That, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Which player led the Pies in tackles last year with 84? Ooh. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna think it's an umbola. I'm gonna. Oh. Yeah, good question. I've got Brayden Maynard in my head, but I don't think it's him with the tackles. Oh. You might have got me there. I, I, are you Was it Taylor Adams? You might be surprised by this, Brody Grundy. Yeah, well, Brody had 80, I had 84 tackles this, this <laughs> last year. Yep. Already. Yeah, well, he got me. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have picked it. Okay, now we're we're gonna go through the history of the Magpies here with this question. This, I'll be better than I'll be better than that on this. Okay, this player kicked the most goals in a single season for the Magpies and did it in 1970. Peter McKenna. You got it. Yep, he kicked 143 goals that year. 143. Yeah. That's that's 63 percent of the all the goals that the Pies kicked in 2021. Sixty-three percent of the entire side's goal kicking that year. Okay, I'd like to see his goal goal per point ratio. I think he might have kicked like one hundred and forty-three, like forty. He was that that idea. Yeah, he was. He was. Yeah, when I was looking at those stats, yeah, it was great. 
Okay, two more questions for you here. Who won more Guard games? Ball. Who won more games as the Collingwood senior coach, Mick Malthouse or Nathan Buckley? Nathan Buckley. Nope, Malthouse, 150 to 112. Did he? Yeah. 150 to 112, 150. Well, there yeah. you go. 150 there you to 112, go. yep. Yeah. Now, I thought this... you were trying to throw one left field at me then, so. And the last one that I have for you here, after Victoria Park and the MCG, where have the Magpies won the most games in their history? Sorry, you broke up a little bit then. What was that? Okay. After Victoria Park and the MCG, where have the Magpies won the most games in their history? <laughs> let's say well it's a good question huh. i'm not going to say waverly you should i'm going to hey i should yeah <laughs> yeah there you go waverly. Yeah. Yeah. well you know waverly. what it was waverly or it was going to be waverly or for um prince's park but I'll, all right waverly then there yep. you go See, I could have tricked you that said it was Princess Park, but no, it was Waverly. Yeah, it was 62 there. Yeah. That, yeah. That would that would have been a really jerk move on my part to, to, to talk you into one answer and have it be the wrong one. <laughs> that wouldn't that would be very right. nice to That's do that. Right. So, you know, Chris. That's why I threw Waverly out there. This is uh this has been a lot of fun. And uh before we wrap up, I just I want to toss this out here to you. Uh, do you have one more? Mick story that we haven't heard before. I could give you two or three or 50 if you want. Um, I'll, I'll give you, can I give you two? Sure. Yeah. And they're very, they're very, they're very oh, I can give you more. They're very quick. I, I'll never forget <laughs> a night. Mick was playing for Calgary. He was playing for Calgary. I was playing for Burnaby. We all met up in this place in uh, about middle of the road. It was called Kelowna. It's a real warm place in in British Columbia. And I, I'd had a few beers with Mick. Mick's had, Mick's had his fair share after the game. My dad my dad was actually in town and my dad's an umpire. My dad umpired the games. Okay. We'd sat at a pub, drink beers with Mick. Mick disappeared. And then by the end of the night, we'd all, we'd all had a nice few beers. We started walking. My dad, I walked him back to where he was staying with my mum. I look at a lamp post. And in the distance, there was a man standing on the lamp post, leaning on the lamp post, asleep. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He didn't thought he'd go on the ground. He stood and leaned against the lamp post. You could see him in the dark, and there was that that light and the corks hanging off the side of the hat. And there was Mick standing sleeping. And wow. he'll he'll tell you that story. <laughs> um, I'll never forget it because. And we, he was so, he was so out of it with the beers that we were, uh, we were just revving because I had a few of the other guys from footy. We were just revving him up, and I was trying to do an interview with him, pretending I was Mick Ozzy. And uh, yeah, another one, another one. He was, oh, I think Mick's, Mick's got about ten years on me. I think he's about 55, 56. and he played in this one game up there as well, and he played on me. Mm-hmm. And he's, I shouldn't have done it, but we're joking. Me and him, we 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 had a good relationship. Um, and I had him, I had him 
turning around left, right and centre one day and he fell on the ground. I grabbed the back of his head. I didn't do it hard, but it was a little mud patch and he come up and he had mud all over his face. I squished his head, face right into the mud. And, but uh, I could tell you plenty of stories. What is there one? Yeah, no, I won't tell the other ones. They get a bit dangerous with Mick. But Mick's actually a really good guy and he yes, promotes... He he really does try to promote footy in North North America. and um, But people forget that Mick was a good footballer and a fair footballer. So yeah, we always, always he put him in the back line. He won his club's best and fairest in the sample once, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he could have. He could yeah. have. I don't yeah. know. If he's, played, if he's played that standard of football, and, and I always put him in the back line with us because he used the ball so well and he was just reliable. So you never get a bad or an off game with him. So mm-hmm. no, I have all the time in the world for him. I don't know how long he's going to be on this side of the world, but I think he loves it. So he loves his NFL and he loves his yes. um, yeah. CFL. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I thought he'd, I probably think if he goes with that Mick Aussie in Australia, I don't think he'd think that, that, that kind of gig would work over there. So it works over here. And, yeah, I think you know, it, he's making it, it, a good life for himself. So good on him. I think it yeah, does, no, it does good for work him. here. But, you know, you're right. It would be it would be different if he was trying to do that there. And that's and it. You know, I think it, I think he thinks I think he would have thought people might take the you know what out of him. And and he's happy with what he's doing. So, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't I don't I don't begrudge anyone of anything like that. So. Yeah, you you you've you've got one, yeah, and 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 I love I love listening to Mick and I, I love talking to him, but I you know you've got, you have you have one, eccentric, um, radio personality, in Australia right now, and 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 he's the president of National Tile, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, which means yeah. I'll never get them as a sponsor since I just threw Frank Walker <laughs> under the bus there. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I just... Uh, That's all right. Yeah, all right. Well, hey, you know what, Chris? I appreciate you taking time out of your your evening. I hope that you get things uh, rectified to where you're able to, to head home uh, when you're ready to do so and when everybody else in the yeah. family is ready to do so. Uh, this has been a lot some of fun. Some are ready, some are some are half ready, mate. <laughs> yeah, I know you. Yeah, you're 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 itching to go, but it's uh, it's uh, you never you know you never know how long um, it's going to be before they you know. Now, do your in laws make you know yeah. when COVID's not going on? Do they make the trip to Australia from time to time? All the time. Fantastic, fantastic. That's great. Well, oh, my in laws are my in laws, my in laws are Italian. Okay. So they were they they moved here thirty years ago, I think. So forty years ago. So okay, um, and they think Australia reminds them of where they grew up. So they they love it. So well, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. So, but I don't know. Well, yeah, I look. I don't know, and I'm I'm also itching just between me and you. It's also well, and, thirty degrees there at the moment. So well, in Australia. Yeah, it's yeah, beautiful well, and warm at the moment. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be minus fifteen here tomorrow. So. Well, well, it's gonna be. Yeah. It's only gonna be two degrees here. So. Well, that's that's not minus fifteen. In fact, I have I. No, I, it's I, not. No, it's yeah. not. I, I bought I bought a few too many things at the grocery store the other day, and I actually got one of my my coolers out of the basement, 
and put it out on my back yep. my back porch and just put the extra things in the cooler so they're outside freezing on the back porch at the moment so yeah uh, well, yeah what do you do yep well it's the life we live isn't it yes absolutely well chris i truly appreciate you taking time man this has been a lot of fun uh when this does Thanks, come out Frank. i will shoot you a note and let you know uh you know so you can share it with uh, whomever you'd like to i wish i wish your daughter is the absolute best in football this year and in school you know as a teacher i always hope that you know that that kids have a lot of success and wish you yep. a lot of success this year coaching as well thanks so very much and a huge thanks to chris for being so generous with his time he was on vacation visiting his in-laws there and i am just so thrilled that he was able to take time out of his uh, evening uh, to sit down and talk about the Magpies and his time involved with footy here in North America. Now, again, don't forget that you can reach me at yank, a yank on the footy at gmail.com and on Twitter at yank underscore on or over on Facebook or Instagram at a yank on the footy. Now, again, if you haven't done so yet, I hope you'll head over to my website. You can get on the mailing list. You can, as I failed to mention earlier, you can also leave a review for the podcast there as well. So if you like the job that I'm doing, you can leave a review there. And it will be one that can go out directly to Apple Podcasts or to Podchaser or right there on the website. And it allows me to share those reviews with uh, potential listeners and hopefully bring in more and more listeners to the podcast. And also with that uh, email list, when I start going with my live episodes here in just a few weeks, I will be sending out an email to people well in advance to let them know that a live episode is going to be happening just in case they want to hop on and uh, share their views on that previous round's uh, action. And again, ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for listening. We're fans of our clubs. Hopefully, Magpie supporters, you've enjoyed this discussion here. And if you're not a Magpie supporter, hopefully you still enjoyed uh, Chris's insight, uh, how he did on the trivia questions there. I have interviews with supporters for just about every other team in the comp taken care of already. I still have one more team to line up as of yet, but then I have about three or four that I need to get on the schedule. So I'm going to keep working through these uh, in the order that I conducted the interviews. So the next one will be out here in the next day or two, but I do hope you enjoy these. Now, ladies and gentlemen, we are just a few weeks away from the season starting. We're going to be getting into the uh, community series games here pretty soon. But don't forget that the women's comp is absolutely heating up. And as you're listening to this, coming up this weekend, you have arguably the top, you know, the top four clubs in the comp facing off against one another. You've got Adelaide and Fremantle going up against one another, another and North Melbourne and the Melbourne Demons. This is going to be a fantastic footy Fantastic weekend of footy on the women's side, and I cannot wait to see the games that are going to be happening. And I hope you're wanting to check them out as well. I do appreciate the kind words that you've shared with me. And as always, ladies and gentlemen, may your dribble kick never, ever hit that post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 131 of A Yank on the Footy. 
my preview episode of the Collingwood Magpies with Chris Freeman. Don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on Twitter or by email at a yank on the footy at gmail.com. Also, a yank on the footy on Instagram and on Facebook. And don't forget the website, a yank on the footy.com. And I do hope you'll share this episode and your favorite episodes with your friends and family out on social media. It's a huge help to the show. It would be absolutely fantastic. And until next time, ladies and gentlemen, this is Craig Wessels, and goodbye.